Many people are talking about it, artificial intelligence, but what exactly is it? Is it a fancy Alexa, a special Siri? Are machines actually smarter than people? Will machines take over? Lots of questions. Pay attention. Welcome, this is Black Women's Health and I am very honored today to have a very special guest and we will be talking about a very special topic that's been on the minds and in the mouths of many people um, since probably November of 2022, if not before then. And I am talking about the topic of artificial intelligence. But first, I'd like to introduce my guest. Um, I may get his name wrong, so feel free to correct me. Um, our guest is Tamano Imbin Sambo. Yeah, so it's Tamano Imbin Sambo, yes. Okay. Thank you so much. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, if you would, if you would please tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where are you from? What do you do? And then we'll go from there. Okay. So thank you so much, Dr. Raman, for, you know, having me over today. I'm really honored to be here with you. So um, what I, where I'm from, originally I'm from Nigeria. So I was born and raised in Nigeria. And then I moved over to North America, specifically Canada, over 10 years ago to like study for my university education. So I studied in Canada. I did my BSc and my master's degree in Canada. Now I'm like working and I also have a, a startup that I am, you know, growing gradually. So for my startup, my startup is mostly focused on um, using uh, natural language processing to, you know, address um, healthcare issues. So mostly we are focused on cancer care. So how to use natural language processing to extract um, valuable information from like clinical notes, pathology reports to help, you know, improve patient care in general. So that is what my startup is about. I'm really passionate about this topic to see how we can use AI to improve healthcare. Okay, so need a little more explanation. What is, I think you said it was natural language processing. What do you yes. mean by that? So natural language processing is mostly, you know, the process whereby we kind of like train like machines to, to mostly like try to comprehend human language, basically. So for example, when you go into like um, chat GPT, for example, which I know so many people are like familiar with it and they're excited to like play with it. So when you go in and you type, the, and you type in a prompt, you're like, oh, can you explain um, healthcare services to me? So there's kind of like algorithms that go in and trainings that go in behind the scenes that ensures that the 
the computer gets like the question that you are asking it and it brings out responses that are similar to that of like you know humans so for my own work i'm using natural language processing to um for example in like cancer care like get diagnostic information from like cancer notes for example or get um information from like pathology reports also so it's just um basically computers getting and trying to comprehend um human language that's what in in a simple way that's what natural language processing all right so you work in healthcare. you said primarily with cancer patients and so what your work involves is taking information that might be in a medical record and putting it into the computer. Close. Hello. Hello. Yeah, can you hear me? I couldn't hear you for like 10 oh, or 15 I'm, I'm seconds. Sorry. I, was, <laughs> I was restating what you had just said, just to confirm that I had an understanding okay. um, that, that your work primarily dealt with cancer patients. Yeah, yeah. And, and let me ask um, this, is it a specific type of cancer or any cancer patient? I think right now, the, the, it's kind of like broad, but mostly the current work that, we are, that my team is working on is on prostate cancer. Prostate cancer. Okay, yeah, so you yeah. take inf medical information that you might um, see or read in a patient's medical chart. Yeah. And that information is being fed into the computer, which is able to do what you call natural language processing. Yeah, so so we we actually use natural language processing to try to understand you know what's going on on the patient's chat to extract valuable information or even maybe from like um a clinical note for example like if they come you know see you as your patient and then you you put down like descriptions of their cancer or their symptoms on your notes so usually that type of data when we do research, it is not accessible to like researchers to help improve like systems. So what we use natural language processing for is to extract valuable information from those notes. We can use that to create structured data. So we can then use it for like machine learning models and then help to aid clinical decision making. Okay, so is natural language processing the same as artificial intelligence, or are we talking about two different things? So natural language processing is a subfield of artificial intelligence. So there is also, um, for example, computer vision. So in healthcare settings, like you can use computer vision to build like a model where you look at um, patients, for example, x-rays, for example, you take a look at it and the model tells you, predicts whether or not that x-ray is for cancer or not, 
or whether or not the image is looking at a scanner or not. So there's computer vision, there's natural language processing, there's machine learning. So they are all subfield of artificial intelligence. All right. So it's a, a subset of artificial intelligence. Yes, yes. It's subfield, subfield. Yeah. Uh, you said a subfield. Yeah, yeah. Subset. What, what's the difference in your mind between the two? Um, I guess thinking about it again, they're kind of like, yeah, they're kind of similar, but, but, but I use, I use, I, I usually call it subfield. Like subfield. Okay. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. I will call it a subfield also. <laughs> so that brings me to the bigger topic, which is artificial intelligence. There's a lot of conversation about artificial intelligence. There's um, lots on YouTube. And now we have chat GPT and all these other apps that we can now use on our own. But my bigger question to you is how would you define artificial intelligence? Okay. Yeah, I think artificial intelligence has a range of definitions. So if you go out to like read about it, there are so many definitions for artificial intelligence. But I think for me, how I would define it is that, you know, that it leverages, it leverages computers and machines to try to mimic the problem solving and decision-making capabilities of the human mind. So basically okay. it's trying to solve problems the way a human would solve problems. But then I'm not going to limit artificial intelligence only to that definition because there are like two main types of artificial intelligence. We have the narrow artificial intelligence, which you can also call artificial narrow intelligence, which like focuses on training models to do specific tasks. For example, you, you train a model to look at medical images and tell you, oh, image A is cancer or not. Mm -hmm. Or for example, you train a model to predict the incidence of maybe diabetes or cancer. So those are like specific tasks and they are narrow. So, so we call them narrow artificial intelligence. Even like um, Apple Siri and Alexa AI also falls under this narrow artificial intelligence because these models are trained to do specific things. Maybe they may be able to do like two or three things or four things altogether, but they are still narrow, a narrower form of artificial intelligence. Then we have another form that we call strong artificial intelligence, which is comprised of artificial general intelligence and artificial super intelligence. So mostly this strong AI type of thing is something that we see mostly in science fiction. We've not yet achieved it. I'm gonna give some examples of, um, okay. of, of strong AI. So for example, for the artificial general intelligence is like you build a model that, you know, has a bunch of knowledge about so many things that it can solve almost any problem you give to it is not narrow to solving only only text-based problems only problems related to cancer 
It can basically solve any human-based problem you give to it. But right now, that type of a model is theoretical. We don't have it yet. So we don't have that type of a model yet to be able to do that. And artificial super intelligence goes beyond, you know, what the human mind can comprehend. And it can solve problems that we can, you know, not even think about. So, so, so yes, so this type of strong AI is mostly theoretical. There might be scientists working on it, trying to create it, but we don't have it right now. Okay, so the the AI that's available to anyone, such as Chat GPT, yeah, would you call that a narrow artificial intelligence? Um, I yes, yes, I would, I would still call it a narrow artificial intelligence. Although it can be used to, you know, address a bunch of natural language and sometimes imaging tasks, but yes, I would still call it narrow, a narrow form of artificial intelligence. Okay, so help me to understand this. The big deal, the big deal with artificial intelligence is that, for lack of a better term, it's able to think on its own, meaning that um, it can create books, it can write papers. Um, it can take lots of different information that's been fed into it and come up with ideas and solutions that weren't given to it. Um, yeah, yeah. So in, in terms of thinking, I know the general public would say yes artificial intelligence actually thinks on its own, but in reality, it doesn't actually think like the way humans do. It doesn't, I wouldn't really call it thinking. So mostly behind the scenes, what is going on is like a bunch of like complex algorithms and a bunch of maths predicting the next kind of like word that comes up, you know? And they've done it in such a way whereby like for example, like chat GPT, for example, they, they, they trained it using reinforcement learning from human feedback, such that it is able to, you know, generate answers that are similar to what a human, a human is going to like produce, right? Yeah. So that's, that's why when you like go in and you type a prompt, you are like, oh, explain the theory of evolution to me. So chat, chat GPT will go into his database, all the things he has been trained on, you know, like find those type of data and then use it to predict how it's going to like respond to you. So it, it responds to you based on like the data that was used to train it. But then it also responds based on, you know, how they've tuned it to react to like um, to produce output that that sound like a human actually produced it. So I wouldn't call it like thinking per se, because really the models do not do not think. They uh, they basically is is mostly like like probability and predictions that goes on behind the scenes. 
but to like the general public, it just seems like the model thinks and the model understands everything and the model produces like really, you know, great answers when you so, ask questions. So, so I'm glad because this is really the crux of the issue for me that I'm struggling with. And I use the word think because that's what I think. That's the best way that I can describe it. Because when we think about what people do, we get information um, either through reading or through conversation. We get information and then we take that information, we store that information, and then based on information of the past, information that we have, we make certain connections and we come to certain conclusions. And that's what I think artificial intelligence is doing. The difference between the two is that artificial intelligence can do it at a much faster rate than a human. So, and they're not necessarily just taking information that I may have given it, but information from the entire internet. And they're using that information to make connections, to come up with conclusions, to give me answers. And so in that way, their response is almost independent of what I might suggest or, or what I might think. Yeah, yeah. So, so because of the large volume of data in which, in which they used to train these, these models, so yeah, in, in certain instances, their responses are definitely gonna be different from like, you know, what like you know or what you 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 can produce. But then there are times when these models hallucinate. So they actually because the models themselves do not know what they are giving you. So so behind the scenes, it's just numbers. So behind the scenes is numbers that they have they've converted words into tokens into like numbers and then what you see coming out is like those numbers being converted back to letters so it's predicting mm -hmm. predicting the next word so mm -hmm. the model itself in terms of knowledge when you say no the model itself does not know what is what is giving you is giving you like statistical statistical outputs that come out in terms of words, but it makes sense because of how they've trained it, which which is really beautiful. I admire the work that the scientists did to be able to create something like this. It's mm -hmm. really beautiful. I admire what they have done. But mm -hmm. the model itself, in terms of no knowing, that is why in the earlier stage when ChatGPT came out, you could go tell it to be like, oh, how do you prepare like a food in the microwave? It may give you instructions, but it may give you instructions in the wrong order. Or if you ask it about a question about health, it might also input some wrong information because really it's just predicting, predicting the next word, the next word that comes after the other. So the model itself might not know, but then they've made improvements into like, into like how the model responds because like I said earlier, the model can hallucinate where it produces wrong information, but some scientists are working on 
how to make sure that they reduce the hallucinations of these models themselves. So yes, because of like scale and because of the billions and billions of parameters they used to train these models, I feel like in the next few years, they will be way better than what we have now. And they'll be able to, we'll be able to use it to do more like great things. But in yes. terms of, in terms of like depending solely on it, I feel like we shouldn't just take away our critical thinking and just depend on the outputs of the model. Because if, for example, you are an expert in a specific field and you know your field so well, there are some questions that you ask the model that is going to produce an answer, but you yourself, you know that the answer is not correct. It might sound coherent, but the answer itself doesn't make sense. I'm not saying this happens all the time, Mm-hmm. But there are times when it happens and you're like, okay, you actually need a human, someone with expert knowledge to be able to, you know, use this model to augment their work, but also be able to know when the model is telling them false information and when the model is spewing out things that are misleading and be like, okay, we are, we are not going to use that for our work. Okay, so this is really getting very interesting because online and other places, you hear them talking about how smart AI is, you know, and they do say things like in the beginning, really didn't know a lot, but now it's as smart as Einstein, you know, (laughs) and in a couple years, it's going to be smarter than all of us, which is, which is kind of frightening, which really gets me to the point I like for you to comment on. You mentioned it briefly about um, the artificial intelligence being able to look at imaging, let's say a a mammogram or anything, and detect cancer, Um, which in my mind sounds like a great thing, but for that sonographer or that x-ray technician that it used to be their job, or even the radiologist, it sounds as though they're being replaced. What would you say to that? Yeah, I think that is something I have, you know, talked about with with some of my friends and I've also read a bunch about it too. For me, I don't think we are replacing those guys because healthcare is a different kind of like field where you actually need trust. You need like trust, you need transparency and so on. So, For example, like, I don't think right now patients are going to just feel comfortable if you're just like, oh, all their lab results, AI just reads it all the time. And then it tells them, oh, you have, you have cancer or you don't have cancer. And then, yeah, but, but the reason I'm saying all this is because I feel like even when they've done tests comparing humans with AI, there are times when AI performs better than humans, there are times when humans perform better than AI in terms of detecting like cancer from like images and so on. I feel like what AI is going to do to like, you know, the healthcare industry is to like improve like workflows. So I don't think like the pathologists and those guys are going to necessarily lose their jobs. I feel like with the help of AI, so an AI algorithm would just be working at the background. So when an image comes comes in, 
the air will classify it as oh 95 percent cancer 10 percent not cancer Mm -hmm. Then a pathologist would then look at it and be like, okay, I agree, it's cancer or not, or I don't agree with it, mm -hmm. or I don't, I don't agree with that. I feel like it's going to help us, like, you know, improve the way we work and help us better deliver care to patients. I don't think that we are going to necessarily leave that decisions to AI alone, because AI in and of itself is not neutral. It's because not neutral? I'm sorry, what did you say? Yeah, yeah, AI is not neutral, even though you might think it is. And what the reason I'm, okay, the reason I'm saying it's not neutral, because how it predicts like findings or how it, make pre, how it makes predictions, they are based on the type of data that was used to train it. Uh, yes. So yes. now the question is, where did they get the data to train it from, you know? Question. Like, like, like is the AI making predictions based on the type of X-ray machine that was used to take the pictures instead of actually looking at the pictures and saying, okay, this is actually cancer. So there are studies that have shown that sometimes like AI makes you know mistakes like that where they are using a characteristics of a machine or someone's um, geographical location. Let's say it's a place where lots of black people live and they're like, oh, the AI has lines that Anytime someone is from here, they have cancer, even though they don't have cancer. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, so that will have negative impacts on the lives of people. So that is why I I don't think that those guys are necessarily going to lose their jobs. I feel like they will have to learn some new skills how to work with AI in their jobs to help improve patient care. All right. So you work with artificial intelligence, but for those of us that don't, what do you think it's important for us to realize about AI at this time and point? And what can we do or what should we learn or what would you suggest? Oh, I think, I think it's, it's a wave that has come in and it's you know, gradually changing industries and the way people work and I think it's good to keep an eye, keep an eye out, like, you know, take some time to read up about it, you know, just to know where, where the field is going. There's a lot of hype about AI right now, a lot of companies investing billions of dollars into it. So just take the time to read about it and try to see what direction, like, and try to see how it's going to impact your own field, for example, like as a doctor. How is that going to impact your own field? Are you now going to start working with like AI apps when you when you see patients? Are you just going to be detecting notes in the next in the next um, let's say five years instead of typing in your notes? You just sit down, you have a conversation with like a patient, and then the AI records your notes, and then you don't have to do your notes or even like billings also. So like, is AI just going to be doing the billings for you to free up your time for you to be able to do more work, for you to be able to see more patients? So it you just know, keep, You yeah. know, this is very interesting. And I know this was just our introduction, but it raises a lot of questions because that's the difference. I'm trying to point out the difference between what we have now and what I think 
is supposedly possible with AI. For instance, there is medical software where I can talk and it will transcribe my note. And as I'm talking, I see the words coming across the screen. Mm. That's not artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence (laughs) is when it does that, gives me the diagnosis, tells me what the treatment should be for this person based on the information that's been inputted into that patient's chart. Would you agree with that? Uh, Not necessarily, not necessarily. I wouldn't agree with that, but I see where you are coming from in terms of what you want based on like how you envision the practice of of, uh, medicine to change. For instance, if I said to um, uh, Alexa, you know, mm-hmm. where is the nearest, you know, 7-Eleven store? Yeah. Um, it's, it's just going out into the internet, looking at the information, coming back and giving me that information. That's not artificial intelligence. Yes or no? Um, I th- Okay. Let me take it to the next level. Okay, okay? hold on. The next hold level on. is, <laughs> I say, um, uh, Alexa, give me the nearest 7-Eleven, and mm. it calculates, and it says something like, you've been drinking too much coffee. <laughs> we suggest <laughs> that you go and have tea <laughs> at the nearby, you know, inn. And so, and that's when it's it's doing more than just serving the net. Mud- yeah information yeah yeah i i i see what you mean it's more of like much more complex being able to you know information together yeah yeah with something new something new right it's based on what i've given it it's coming up with something new that's unique to all of the information that it has access to yeah yeah and you, you remember when we started, I told you there are subfields of artificial intelligence. Yes. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. So for Alexa to be able to, like, when you say, Alexa, find me the nearest um, 9-11, sorry, yeah. 7-11. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you say, Alexa, find me that. So Alexa will first of all have to translate the sound waves into into something that the machine can read into zeros and one and then make meaning of 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 it in terms of computer sense and then find it so that that is like speech processing with it first of all goes with like audio processing and then speech processing and then all those natural language stuff to kind of make sure the computer gets what you're asking it and it gives you the right response so that is still AI, but I get what you're saying about the advanced one, where you like collect data from you, from like your house. It's like, oh, you've been drinking a lot. Right. Maybe Time to get something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That is something that will be great. I'm sure there are people that are working on it. Maybe That's in the next couple of months or few years, you'll be able to see that too. That's mm-hmm. interesting. So back to you. Now that we have... I don't know if we've made it more confusing for people or not, but hopefully <laughs> it's a little clearer. It's, it's, it's 
clearly here to stay. Would you agree with that? It's yes, I, yes, yes, I agree with that. Clearly um, it will ultimately affect all of us, either through health care or some way we're going to interface with artificial intelligence. Yeah. yeah. So what exactly, tell us again, what exactly are you working on? So for me, it's it's mostly the natural language processing aspect of things that I'm I'm working on, how to, you know, extract valuable data from unstructured sources. So like unstructured clinical notes, sometimes medical images, but right now my, my, my focus is just on text, text data. So like diagnosis, diagnosis, information, medications, um, disease classifications like ICDO codes and ICD-10 okay. codes and so on. Okay. So being able to, you know, extract that data and whether or not someone has like, you know, disease or they don't have the disease. Medical text is really complicated and the way each doctor writes their own notes is different and there are a lot of abbreviations and so on. So that makes it complex in terms of like mm-hmm. how to extract data from like medical text. So yeah, so I'm working on that and trying to not just extract the data, but using it to, you know, build, you know, models that can, you know, help us either reduce, you know, the prevalence of certain like illnesses or even preventative stuff for certain populations mm-hmm. when you're like oh you have these risk factors and we're and we're able to find it because we didn't just look at your billing records we were able to you know put all the information you had together say both your clinical notes your pathology reports so that kind of creates a way whereby you have this holistic kind of picture Mm-hmm. of you know what a person's health looks like mm-hmm. and you know you can also get maybe socioeconomic status neighborhood and so on so you kind of get a better picture and then mm-hmm. being able to provide um advanced care or preventative care to the patients holistic care yeah holistic care yeah, yeah holistic care to the patient yeah cuz you're getting a lot more information about that patient um, and how it may or may not impact their cancer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Wow. Just wow. With all the changes that have already happened, with all the changes that are coming, we need to be aware and we need to be involved. Stay tuned.